I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are live walkway to Fight Club. Happy Sunday. This is the second time I look at you ugly-looking people today. August the 20th, 2000, August 23rd, 2020. I'm Stephen Mulhausen from The Zone. The man to the right, the handsomest man in all the land, my boy from Puerto Rico, the one, the only combat sports journalist, Daryl Rivera, is in the house. D.Y., what up, my man? Backwards hand today, my friend. What's up? A very uh, a backwards hand today. I like it. Yeah, I mean, change it up a little bit. A little more casual day today. Now, Did nothing all day. You know what? I got I to gotta eat some crow here real quick before we get into all the shenanigans. Man, the Cubs won today. I was bragging during the pre-show, during the preview. Socks were winning. I took a quick. We were done. Hung out with my kid, my kids, and then they, I see the Cubs won. Man, did I want to cry! Don't That's, don't don't feel bad because your team proved that they are far and and behind a lot better than the Cubs this year. I'm a Cubs fan, <laughs> and I'm saying that I I am envious of that lineup that you have. Envious. It's, Dude, that lineup, that lineup is dirty. Jose dirty, Abreu dirty, looked dirty, like freaking Abreu looked like freaking Babe Ruth today. Today, the entire series actually. What six home runs in three games? Seven home runs? It was insane. I'm like, are you kidding me? Four, Don't pitch to this guy. Four straight at bats. Four straight at bats with home runs. 
Well, what do you still work. pitch to them? Because the Cubs are stupid. I'm a sore they, loser on the mound. I'm I'm throwing at him if he hits us. <laughs> but you know what, though? I'm going to give some of the blame to David Ross for that. That's the manager. You got to be at some point, you got to be like, let's not pitch to him. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? They Ross is actually making good stuff. I, I can't blame him much because he's making good stuff of what he has. But at the same time, when your bullpen, when your superstar closer that you're paying $36 million to, can't throw a strike. When you have oh, no. no notable names in the bullpen. When your starters are getting shelled for eight runs, which Lester, you know what? He's going to have a starter like that, and then he's going to bounce back. It is what it is. But it's just not looking good. It's one of those things where I don't feel extraordinarily bad for the Cubs. I don't feel bad for him anyway. Your order is cheap as you know what. You can't even do virtual. Bert can't even do virtual. Can't have cardboard cutouts for fans. Is Tom Ricketts that poor? I guess. <laughs> FOH, my friend. He spent all that money, I guess, on the marquee network, which was unnecessary and not needed ever. But you know what? Let's have our own network anyways. Oh, no, I agree with that 150%. But we're not here. You know what? We'll end with this thought, though. I am very happy, though, in the fact that my White Sox took two or three. I will take solace. Cheers. Cheers to that one. I will will bask in that glory. And we will talk about basking in the glory in a little while, me and Daryl are pretty ticked off about some shenanigans that happened during the show involving that saying. Once again, people coming in, I am Steven Mielhausen from DAZN. To my right, maybe your left, we'll see what happens. Combat sports journalist, the handsomest man in the journalism game, the one and only D.Y., Daryl Rivera. If you're watching, we're simultaneous, simultaneous tonight, simultaneously. We're airing on Facebook, Facebook Live. Just if you're watching on Facebook Live, even if you're watching on YouTube, go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. Like the video, leave any type of reaction for the video. Like the page, follow the page. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. That's all I'm going to ask. Subscribe to the channel and also like the video. Don't be giving thumbs down. We get a ton of heat on the Velveteen Dream video. We said what we said and it was needed to be said. Getting heat, my friend. But you know what, though? And I told you this. I warned you when we did, when we were doing that, and I was going to cut that video up. I warned you. Hey, it was going to happen. I'm okay with that. I really am. Honestly, I really. If you don't agree with us and you feel strongly about it to the point where you want to unsubscribe when it comes to something like that, yeah, let me just go ahead. I'm cool with that. It doesn't bother me. It, it really doesn't. I don't care. I really honestly don't. And that's okay. If you like the Velveteen Dream, okay. That's cool. I, I like the Fire Velveteen Dreams shirt that person had at the Thunderdome. That's great. I did not like him getting banned. That's some shenanigans. He got, he got loud banned. Yeah. Check the Twitter. I retweeted it earlier. They banned that poor guy. 
signed up for the Thunderdome to be a fan, and then they banned him because he had the Velveteen Dream shirt on. The Velveteen, fire Velveteen Dream. Who cares? That's my problem with WWE. They always want to control the narrative. They even want to control the fans. Yeah. They wonder why ratings are down. And they're losing. There's significant. There's significantly less interest in the product. It's because of crap like that, and it's utterly ridiculous. Okay. Off of that nonsense, SummerSlam did happen at the Thunderdome. God, I love saying that because Vince actually said it. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I peed my pants. It was that. It was. It was that awesome. Um. A lot happened on this show. We have a new universal champion. We will talk about Bray Wyatt. The Fiend, once again, he's now a two-time universal champion and a three-time WWE heavyweight champion. But the return of the big dog, Roman Reigns. The match ends. Came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. No. Feared the bejesus out of Ray White. There was actually a little juice and a little sizzle on that spear by the big dog. And then and beat the bejesus out of Strowman, got back into the ring with a chair, went back into the ring and beat the bejesus out of Wyatt, out of the Fiend. Held up the title to end the show. I thought a very good ending to what I thought to what was a better than expected show. I got, I've got to give it a golf clap because Roman Reigns coming back. I always wonder what they were going to do with it, how they were going to do it. This is the perfect scenario for it. You brought him back against arguably what everybody thought should have been the WrestleMania matchup to begin with. You brought him back against Ron Sherman, who has a history rivalry with him, and you made him look like a genuine badass. That's all you could have hoped for in that situation. As soon as he came out, Rack everything and leave. Love that shirt. Might buy it. That's an awesome catchphrase. Wreck everything and leave. You had that going on. He comes in. He's trash talking both of them as they're down. He's looking like a legitimate badass, and I'm loving every single minute of it. I loved it. Yeah. It's hand, by the way, too, of the Roman Reigns was phenomenal. Yeah. I'll give him that. Especially especially Roman, since he's – with the you know with the fans and everything, he's always been you know on the line like coming down and then middle of the pack, middle of the pack. He's never been like up here where everybody likes him. If they continue like this track, where they make him this just Samoan badass that's gonna you know beat you down, trash talk what he's doing it, and not this cookie cutter BS that happened back in you know when he first started. That's what we need. That's what we want. Make it happen. Now you got the balls. The balls in your court. You have it set up perfectly for an easy layup. Take advantage, for God's sakes. Don't mess it up. And I'm trying really hard not to curse here. If you haven't been able to tell. <laughs> ah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But no, I don't, he- ne- I don't need the little guy to come yell at me. <laughs> oh no, he's. They're asleep. Kids go to bed. <laughs> but I love this. 
and you hit it right on you stole everything I was gonna say. You're spot on. Sorry. It's who he knows. <laughs> it means I gotta be more creative. But no, that's this is the guy he needs to be. He needs to be the Samoan ass kicker. He doesn't need to be this cookie cutter nonsense we've seen since 2013 when he went bait when he went sent when they went singles. That's not the, what the fans want. The fans bought into him by being him being a badass. Or 2014, I take that back. That's what the fans want. The fans want that Samoan ass kicking machine talking shit, letting you know who the big dog in the yard is. That's the Roman Reigns I like. I don't like the Roman Reigns that feels forced on my throat and you're not giving him the title just to, just to please the fans. Don't please the fans. Let nothing wrestling in, especially in WWE, doesn't feel organic. What I saw from I actually that main event surprised me because I actually really liked the main event because I thought that was a very hard and that's kind of a theme of the show, very hard hitting, and that main event felt organic to me. And then it was capped off with the spear, we capped off with Roman returning and spearing the bejesus out of everybody. We got a lot of people jumping in here, jumping in and out. Thank you, everyone. It's really greatly appreciated. Please. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the cha- like the post. And also leave a question and a comment. It would be greatly appreciated. Leave comments, leave questions. We will answer them all. We had a good amount on the preview show. So please do it. If you're watching on Facebook, same thing. Like the Walkway to Fight Club. Also follow. Also leave any type of reaction you want to the video. And questions and comments are appreciated. We will sit here until 3 in the morning. If you got comments. Freaking leave them. We will answer them. Give us your thoughts on what you saw tonight at SummerSlam. Thumbs up, thumbs down, somewhere in the middle. Thumbs up, 3 a.m., bold. Very bold, 3 a.m. <laughs> hey, know. I got I to gotta work tomorrow, just saying. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's okay. But. No, but I thought a, a big thumb. I thought a thumbs up. I my expectations weren't high. I didn't, was wasn't really high on this show. But you know what? I mean, WWE has this tendency of surprising me when I least expect it. And you know what they did tonight? It gave a hell of a show. Beyond. I think the only thing that was kind of eh was the tag title match. The raw the raw tag title match. Yeah. I thought that was about really the only really the only thing that really didn't tickle my fancy. I thought everything else, I thought either I thought it was right where it was at or exceeded my expectations. I give it a are we giving grades now or should we should I hold off on that for a while? Sure. You can give it a grade. I got a B plus. It was a great show. It was hard hitting. This actually, and this rarely happens. This competed very well with NXT Takeover, which I was very high on as well. And so that rarely happens nowadays in WWE. NXT Takeover is usually above and beyond what the pay per view in WWE gives us. And you know what? This one was on par. And I have great weekend of wrestling. Everything was good. 
the women, Asuka is a superstar. If anybody had any doubts beforehand, now you know. McIntyre and Norton, we, we texted each other. We were like, hey, why is this not the main event? It was a great match. And I'm like, this hat, something has to follow this. And now we got to figure out what that was. And you know what? It worked out. Shut me you know up. What? You know what? I know me and you were texting. And we're like, what in the heck are they doing with McIntyre, Orton on and Nakomi? Now I know why they did. And that was, hey, Ali Crow every day of the week. If you give me something that is going to get me legit excited. Roman yeah. Reigns returning, legit excited. I am. And I haven't always been... I've been highly critical of Roman Reigns. Same. People here know it and have been like, well, come on, you got to lay out. I'm like, give me a, give me and the people a reason to care. Not just me, give the people, give the fan. I'm watching this because it's my job. I do this for a living and I'm going to get paid either way. But the fans that ha- they pay their hard earned $9.99 a month. Order the pay-per-views. Take time out of their busy schedules to watch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are the people you have to care about. You don't have to cater to a journalist. You cater to your public. They haven't been catering to their public. And it seems like they're finally starting to listen. Because like you said earlier, the hard hitting. That's more of a New Japan style. No one's really, you don't see, you've been seeing that more lately in WWE. Because you saw a lot of blood tonight. A lot of hard way blood. Drew had hard way. Orton had. I think Orton was blade, but Drew was hard way. Braun no, was. Braun Orton, was. Orton was hard. Orton. Oh, okay. Orton was yeah. hard way. You know, you had three guys in the in your big in your big two matches bleeding hard way. Hard way. I have no problem with that. I think that's amazing. I gotta learn how to spell. I'm a journalist. How would <laughs> SummerSlam come on? What is wrong with you, Mulehausen? <laughs> I didn't notice until you said something. But the biggest I thing—I can't believe no one called me out on this. What's wrong <laughs> with people? Come on, teach. Tell me how to spell. I didn't notice. I was too excited about SummerSlam. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Goodness gracious, great balls. No, but you you hit the nail right in the head. It was hard hitting. It was entertaining to watch. I actually found myself like, usually I'm like, you know, just sitting there, just drinking like the Mysterio Rollins match. That had me at times like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, what's going to happen here? When, and we'll get into this in more detail later on, but when the mom came out, I was like, oh, here we go now it's getting real now it's it's stuff like that like it's making it a realistic thing for somebody for a company that wants to be as realistic as possible today they took a big step forward in cutting the cookie cutter bs and i'll say it bullshit and now getting into reality-based storylines obviously you got the fiend and everything like that but everybody the fiend is an awesome character now you got to make this and make it a transition to like a rivalry of Roman Reigns. And that's something I'm excited for. That's what I'm here for. Get me excited to watch. Now I want to watch Payback. I was watching like the previews for it. And I'm like, 
Payback in a week. I don't know if I want to watch. Now with Roman back, mm. let's see what they do in a week. Mm. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. Now get me to over the hump and make me take time out of my Sunday night, which is draft night for my fantasy football league. Take time out of that so I can watch this. Let's see if you can handle it. Let's see if you can pull it off. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a big fan of the one-week turnaround. Neither they am I, but... They did nothing to... And shockingly, nothing tonight to really... Beyond the, women, the women's tag title match. Beyond that, they have nothing announced for that show. I'm... Now, they got me intrigued to watch Raw tomorrow night. Yeah. Raw's going to be watched. SmackDown will be watched. Uh-oh, we lost there. But, man, they haven't done pay-per-views like that since 90, 1991. They went Survivor Series, and then they went a couple days later. They went five days later with this Tuesday in Texas. Because the Survivor Series 91 had Hogan losing to The Undertaker. And then they had, um, it was in San Antonio, they had Flair once again interfere. And they had uh, Hogan regain the title. And then the title became vacant. And then Ric Flair went on to win the 1992 Royal Rumble. In my mind, the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. We, we will be doing a watch along this coming January. I promise, because that Royal Rumble was goddamn amazing. But that's the reason, and I want to say, I don't know if, how much you heard, Daryl, but of why I'm not the world's biggest fan of a quick turnaround. Unless you really have a hook, you have a big reason to watch. Roman yeah. Reigns is that big because he didn't cause any controversy. He came in after the match ended, laid out – laid out The Fiend, and laid out Strowman. What's the hook for payback? There's no hook right now. They have to do something on Raw, and they have to do something on SmackDown to get the viewer hooked. Because you now you have a great show. SummerSlam was very good. I give it, I give it an A-. minus. It was a really solid, really great show. I didn't think it would be that good. So what is the hook? They didn't do that at SummerSlam. Roman Reigns wasn't the hook. If it was the hook, that's not a good hook. Sorry. Roman Reigns is going to wrestle for the first time since March. Okay. Maybe you get some interest. Maybe that is going to be their hook. I wouldn't be surprised if it would be. Maybe a three-way? But Reigns, The Fiend, and Strowman? You maybe go that route? And I'm still shocked, by the way, before you – actually, go ahead and answer that, and I'll continue my thought. I'm just – the biggest thing for me is I'm intrigued by what's going to happen this week in Raw and SmackDown because they got to build a full pay-per-view card with the exception of the women's tag titles in a week. I'm intrigued to see it just because, just based on tonight. Um, just because you – what's going to happen with Mysterio and Rollins now? What's going to happen with – and something's gonna happen at payback. They've been they advertised it hard enough that karma's a B. Yeah. Yeah. So something's gonna go down. We just have to see what you know what it is. Biggest surprise 
And I was going to mention this in the preview, but, you know, migraines and stuff. Couldn't really. No AJ Styles in SummerSlam. No Jeff Hardy at SummerSlam. They did the big title change for SmackDown, which was which was fine. I imagine we'll see that at Payback. I'm not. I think we'll see that. I'm, why not? Immediate rematch calls. I'm down with that. We'll probably see that. We'll see Riddle and Corbin. They probably were saving a couple things in their back pocket. Those were two of the things. Women's tag title match. So I, I imagine that's what's for payback. Now, before we we go break down the show, and I was thinking about this when this happened and I was walking downstairs to get to the computer. Are you surprised Roman Reigns is back even though Florida's COVID cases are still running sky high? Or do you think now with WWE doing more stringent COVID testing that he felt good enough to be like, you know what, I like the policy you're doing. I'm now going to return. Because he's still very highly susceptible. So I'm to me, I know I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought he would stay home until there was a vaccine. You can count me shocked that Roman Reigns is back. Well, I was shocked too. I mean, probably it's the you know WWE taking tests and everything being more a little more strict with everything that probably brought him back in the door. But I was pleasantly surprised to see it. You can't say that it's oh he's back as you know because he missed it or whatever the case is. I'm I'm just surprised to see him back this early. I was expecting him to come back January, like, Royal Rumble time. That's when I thought I was going to see him back. But I can't say I'm not I'm not happy that he's back. I'm, I'm very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised that he's back. Um, hopefully this means that WWE has a lot more stricter, you know, COVID stuff, you know, testing. Everybody's saying, you know, socially distance, everybody's wearing a mask, whatever the case is. As long as everything has proper protocols protecting him from that stuff like that, then I'm on for it. Let's hope. Supposedly they do. They've been, I know the testing's been more frequent. So we'll see. I am very surprised, though, that we did see him this soon. I wasn't expecting him until around the same time you did. I thought Royal Rumble was going to be, because that's what they were pegging. When I talked to some people there, I inquired about him around six weeks ago. And that was their presumption. They really didn't know. And I'm like, okay, I can go along with that. And then I was asked again during the pre-show, and I still didn't think about it. And then when it happened, I'm like, man, how did I like? Because he's been so out of sight, out of mind, and the fans really haven't brought him up. We saw him tonight. He did like that. I forget what package it was. It was something with the kids. I think I forget what what the, the exact package was. I didn't even think about it then. I just kind of went off in my merry way and was waiting for the next match. So, so very very. In, I'm surprised. I'm glad he's back. Don't get me wrong, but very very surprised that we did see the big dog Roman Reigns return tonight. WWE's. What they feel is their biggest attraction. The guy, they, they're building the company. They're, I don't know why. I think you've kind of, I think that's long, long lost and through the woods and past grandmother's house and buried in Antarctica. But what do I know? But let's get on with the show. For 
you know, they did a weird thing, and this really irked me. Kind of like, I don't know if you get these alerts from WWE. From, I don't know if you have their app, and you get, like, these alerts. Like I do. I have notifications off, though. Oh, I wish I had mine I saw this. They announced Apollo Crews would be defending the U.S. title on the pre-show against MVP. Man, was I pissed. Why would they put this match on the pre-show? Why? I don't I don't have a good explanation for that. Apollo Cruz has always been on the pre-show, unfortunately. I like the guy. He's a great talent. The US title should have more exposure. By the way, I'm probably in the minority on this, but I hate the new title design. I was a big fan of the the one before that. I hate this one. I like the other one. I love it. I love that new title design. I'm not the biggest fan. Well, they get it's light years better than what it was. No, it's not. I like the one before that better. Way better. That's probably the best title they had for a while. But back to the actual question. I don't know why it's in the pre-show. That's If you want to build Apollo Crews as a star like they're trying to, if you're trying to build the Hurt business as a legit stable in the WWE, it doesn't make sense to have him in the pre-show because then they have no credibility whatsoever. They're just like, oh, hey, we forgot to you know, announce this, so here you go. Enjoy. I have a theory. I'm not going to say it here. I'll say it to you in private. But I have... All I'm going to say is watch Talking Smack and the back and forth between Big E and The Miz. Thinking of doing... Of us doing... or Someone doing a reaction video. So, that's that's kind of my – just watch that, and that shows my feelings of why I think Apollo Crews and MVP were on the pre-show. But um, I don't know if that makes sense to you. It does. But that's kind of my theory. And if I'm wrong, hey, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I I feel very strongly about that. Um, not enough time. I, they had eight minutes. Um, that I even Lashley and Benjamin were banned from ringside. MVP's like I like how he says I got him, boys. Stay in the match. Not a bad match. I've seen better with them. A twisting power bomb. I love that move. I forget what he calls it. Twisting power bomb. Power bomb. Cruz retains the U.S. title. <laughs> then the absurdity. I thought watching this match, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna be in for a long night. They come in, Lashley and Benjamin come into the ring, and you know where I'm going with this. Lashley misses, and then freaking Benjamin has him. How in the blue moon does Apollo Cruz get out of that and escapes? Please tell me. I have no logical explanation. I shook my head. I had my four-year-old telling me, Daddy, how did that guy get him? <laughs> I just shook my head. I did I legit didn't have an answer. Again, oh, it's on. just come on. It's, it's little crazy. stuff like that the that doesn't give a stable momentum. Just little things like that. 
Like, hey, he's outside. You got him. Whoop. Gone. Cartoonish escape. You hit it on the head. Makes the hurt business look stupid. And this is what I mean. And I said it to you. Five, six weeks. Not five, six. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about something else. I do apologize. But you grab somebody. He's right there. Grab him. That makes them look weak. It ain't the hurt business. It makes them look stupid. And this has always been my problem with WWE. They don't use enough common sense. It's the little things that matter. I I don't even know what I was watching there. They insulted my intelligence. Like, if you tried that for, to me, it's not like Apollo's a small guy. Benjamin should have been easily be able to grab him and beat his ass. Instead, we got chicanery. <laughs> but they did something that I actually thought was good. And I, yes, I know people. It, 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 they do actually do some good things once in a while, and I wasn't expecting this one. They gave a little bon voyage to Renee Young. Renee Young's final night with the company. She did do the watch along. I did see on YouTube. I didn't watch it, but I saw like the little like uh, photo thing. Like we have the little photo thing of McIntyre and Orton. Yeah. Nothing big. Nothing much. He said a couple little things, but it still mattered. Considering her, who knows what lies in her future, because she can go do anything. She's amazing. Major props to WWE for the send-off they gave Renee Young. The fact they even did it, to me, is quite surprising. I mean, you have to. When you, She's been in the company since 2012. Everybody, it's kind of one of those secrets that everybody knows. Everybody knows she was leaving after a night. Everybody, you know, knows why. They don't know the exact detail as to why, but they have an idea. You know, something about a COVID test that, something that she shouldn't have done, but whatever. Um... It's essentially doing good faith by her. Like, hey, we we did this, even though you shouldn't have done that. Thank you for eight years of great service. Hope, like, wishing you all the best in their future endeavors. Whatever the case is, that's classy on their part. It's something they should have done. If they wouldn't have done anything, that would have looked very bad on their part. Very bad. But it was classy. She's been arguably the best, you know, backstage analyst that they've had in the last eight years. They had to give her some proper send up. Had to. I'm still shocked because they gave they they did it with Moxley, and they did it with her, and Moxley screwed him into Puchka for some ungodly reason. The people in that company idiotically thought he wasn't going to AEW. Like, come on. <laughs> it was pretty much common sense, but what the heck do I As do? soon as he announced he was leaving, I kind of was like, okay. I knew he would go to Japan. Then I knew he's always wanted to do a nice long, a good, not a long, but a good stint in Japan. So I yeah. wasn't really too surprised by that one, but no. I thought major kudos to WWE for doing that. I, even though it wasn't this big like highlight package, I thought the fact they acknowledge it, job well done. And by the way, God, I am tired of seeing John Bradshaw leave here. 
I knew that was coming. As soon as I saw him on my TV, I'm like, you know my hatred for this. See, Steve, Steve is doing circles in his house right now, just flipping shit. <laughs> what is this big obsession with John Bradshaw Layfield? Former the SmackDown guy, commentary. The guy is a bully. The guy is a racist. That is the last guy I want on my television. You want the definition of a piece of crap? There's a big. He's not as big as Velveteen Dream. He's about two notches below. And that's still two notches below. I don't even like admitting. But you want a big pile of horse manure. It's JBL. He's an insensitive piece of crap. I'm sorry. The fact they employ that goofy ass. And he's got to be on my television. You were cool like 15 years ago, brother. You're not cool now. Get the hell off my TV. Let someone who actually deserves it. Him and Booker T. I'm going to rail on Booker T a little bit too. All the idiotic comments Booker T's made lately regarding Big E, Naomi, Sasha Banks. Man. Two idiots made from the same cloth. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want this to ruin because I'm having a ton of fun and I don't need them two jokers ruining. But we get started with the main card, and I wasn't too sure what they were going to do kicking to kick things off. But they made the right choice here. Asuka and Bailey, SmackDown women's title. Bailey came down. Uh, Sasha Pinks came down with Bailey. Man, if you want to talk about some horses, you talk about some people that can go. I love me every time Asuka and Bailey get in the ring. This match was great. Oh, my God. I love at the beginning. Michael Cole, for once, did something intelligent. I know. I'm railing on people. Man, I'm in that mood tonight. I'm in a good yeah. mood. I'm in a great mood. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give Michael Cole credit here. I must be in a good mood. I like the fact that Michael Cole said Bailey's been the SmackDown Women's Champion 317 days. Yeah. It gives it significance. It means something. The fact that she's been champion for almost a year straight. That's a big deal. I like the one. I love when they do that. I love when they do that. That's major kudos to WWE. Yeah, because it adds legitimate like legitimacy to the title run. It's like, hey, she just keeps going. Like, hey, another week has passed. She's still a champion. Like, who's going to be the one to throne her? It makes a title change in the near future. Like something that you want to look forward to. Like, hey, Bailey's the heel. This jerk, somebody please beat this jerk. It's kind of like when Punk was a champion. Yeah. Like he went 400 and some days, and then The Rock came in and squashed it. But it's like something that's like, oh, hey, somebody's going to give, somebody's got to actually beat this person. Like, we're tired of this run. Gives us something to brag about, gives us something, it builds a storyline. And it's little stuff like that. Like you mentioned, little stuff like him mentioning the, the length of the title, you know, title reign, that adds to it. And it's something, you know, makes it more exciting, in my opinion. Because let's title and you you're spot on, Daryl. Titles should matter. They should. If you're a world champion, it doesn't matter if you're a world champion, IC champion, US champ, tag champion, women's tag champ, women smackdown or raw women's champion, small raw smackdown women's tag, universal world title. Any of the AEW titles or New Japan or Impact, 
MLW, AAA, they all should matter. You're a champion. That means the company sees something. And that should always be recognized. I always say, if you go 100 days, you say, 100-day reign is raw tag team champions. The title should always be important. You are spot on 100% correct. I thought a pretty good back and forth match. Very nice and snug, hard hitting. Asuka took some mean ass bumps tonight, by the way. Oh, Bailey, yeah. Bailey worked on the knee for a while, which we it foreshadowed later on in the show. Uh, I thought a really good spot when Bailey hit the the belly for Bailey, went for the elbow. Asuka turned it into the Asuka lock. A very, very good spot. And then a very good creative finisher. Bailey gets in. Bailey gets Oscar into the ropes. She Oscar goes through the apron, steps on Banks' hand. Bailey rolls her through the apron for the pinfall. Sasha Banks, and this goes into parlays what happened later on in the show. But Banks helping out Bailey. Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Title. I did nail that pick, and I nailed the Palakrees, by the way. But a very, very good match. A great way to kick off the main card of the show. Yeah. Again, hard hitting. Two of the best workers in the company today. And Asuka and Bailey, they all they're always magic together. Like I would see this match. Like if we do a program between now and Mania, I wouldn't be upset because I know every match is gonna be different. And I know every match is gonna be technically sound. Like that's what I'm looking for. And when you add what they did at the finish. The finish was great. Like, I loved it. Because it made Bailey look, you know, like a bigger heel. It's like, oh, hey, Asuka couldn't overcome Banks and Bailey this time. We'll see if she can do it in the future. My one thing, and we texted back and forth about this, is that they didn't have the second match right away. That was my biggest thing. That was my biggest thing. We were texting back and forth because you had... Sasha Banks jump right after. And then you give her an hour until then, until she comes back out. You give her a full hour to rest. It's like, what? what's the point of her jumping her after? that? There was no point. There was no point. I was beating my – I was – we were eating – We were. I was finishing up eating dinner. A very fantastic dinner that Lynn made, by the way. Oh, my God. She's like killing it. Killing it. I know she's not watching, but I'll give her props. She's she's a great cook to begin with. But these last couple of meals, man, it's been banging in the meal house and household. Nice. Anyway, oh my God. I'm man. And I'm man. But I get excited about food. Sorry. <laughs> I said this in the pre-show. And I was mean when me and you were texting, I'm like, man, I said this on the pre-show. This is going perfect. And I said it on Twitter. You go banks, attack her, just like she did right after the match. Banks attacked her. I'm thinking, all right, she's going to attack her. Give Asuka maybe 30 seconds to a minute to catch her breath, and then they're going to restart the match. Then they're going to go right into that. What in the blue moon? It would have been more impressive if Asuka, if they did that match right away and Asuka wins. Like, I did, like we said in the Cruz MVP match. It's the little things that matter. And I know people are going to be like, well, Steve, how'd you give the show an A-? The match was still good. 
the booking the booking is freaking off the booking is what it is and lately the talent's been overcoming the booking before we end i want to ask you because this is kind of how my sequence of events went for this evening what were your thoughts on the thunderdome i didn't mind it i mean at times it gets it gets distracting just because like it takes away like you always have that one couple fans who are like, hey, spot the Pikachu in the in the crowd. Like, it's somewhere around there. And, like, it adds to it, but sometimes it's, just, it's a little bit distracting. I don't mind it because it gives it, you know, a feel of, like, hey, fans are back. We're still loud. We're still, you know, doing our thing. And it makes a difference in the pay-per-view. In Raw and SmackDown, it didn't really make much of a difference. It maybe, maybe made it too much of a distraction. Because Ron SmackDown, you're trying to build to the storyline, and then pay per view is a big blow off. So if you want to have fans there, by all means, go ahead. Like on the Thunder Thunderdome, graphic wise and everything, during the Fiend's entrance, fantastic stuff. It looked awesome. So, it's the best out of what you can make now. That's all. I, like all I can say. I texted a couple of buddies that don't watch often. They only watch the big shows. So I texted them, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, are you guys watching? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what do you think of this? What do you think of the Thunder? And they were like, they thought it was pretty cool. They're like, okay, like, you know, this is pretty cool. It's something different. It's something unique. And then I asked the the one person who doesn't watch at all and only will watch when I have it on. And 99.9% of the time, she's looking at her phone. But we were eating dinner, and she was paying attention. And I'm like, what do you think of this, honey? And she's like, like, you know what? She's like, I don't know about you, but she's like, I actually really like it. She's like, it has the fans, like, at home. It shows what they're doing. It shows if they're paying attention or not. She's like, it's it's something different. It's different than what we've seen, like, when we've watched. Because we've been watching a lot of baseball. And, you know, Sox had, like, the cutouts at at, – guaranteed rate and we've been watching some of the playoffs for the nba and the same thing and she's like no she's like i like how they're doing this better than the nba or baseball she's like it's actually well done well i like the premise of the thunderdome i get why they do it i don't need that fake piped in noise i don't need it you have these fans there for a reason you jack up their audio for a reason I don't need fake pipe noise. Absolutely ridiculous. It's like you said, they got to control the narrative. And it's so bothersome. Let it be. The fans are the bit your greatest barometer. They always have been in wrestling. They It always will be. They will tell you. They're telling WWE right now. They're not liking what they're seeing. It was for... Friday, they had a good rating. Better than I thought. They were up almost 10%. We'll see what happens with Raw. We'll see what happens with SmackDown this week. But I think it's a short, another short temporary fix. Even though I like the idea they're going to be in an arena, and I know a lot of the talent is very excited for that fact. All right, let's get into the next match. Kevin Owens. I don't know why Kevin Owens came down to the side. I guess Kevin Owens needed to be on the show. And I'm well, going I got it from storyline standpoint. He's been having his issues with one of the tag teams. Yeah, I guess. I guess. 
I saw it. Wasn't the biggest thing that bothered me. I was like, all right, he's there. That is what it is. Raw tag title match, Street Profits defending against Andrade and Angel Garza with the beautiful and sexy. Oh, my God, I love me, Zelina Vega. God <laughs> dang, she is sexy. Um, Great Twitter follow, by the way. Oh, yeah. To me, a whole home tag team, it's nothing really too exciting. I love the end. Like, I, it's, all I wrote was things I was kind of bored. This is the one match I was very bored by. Yeah. A beautiful frog splash where Ford reversed in the air for the pin. That was a quite bre- that was a pretty breathtaking frog splash. Montez Ford is amazing. I cannot wait till he goes singles because he can be a megastar. Yeah, can be a megastar. He's got the charisma and he can go in the ring. He's got the athletic ability. The Street Profits retain the tag titles. Man, hopefully we do not see this. Hopefully this program is now done. I have no need for it. We'll see. That program will never be. Are they together? Are they not? Between Andrade and Angel Garza will never end. That's going to be a constant thing until like mania. And it'll be in the pre-show. All that work just for the pre-show. <laughs> the one thing Kevin Owens did do which I thought was good. His commentary is always great. He will be hosting the Kev- the Kevin Owens show returns tomorrow night, and his guest will be. I look <laughs> at one point <laughs> when Selena Vega is yelling at him, and this is this is I always take like a couple whenever they have a like a guest commentary like a, to the caliber of Kevin Owens. I always grab one line, and I'm like, that gets you for the, like the next two hours. It's Selena Vega just yelling at him. He's like, "Why are you yelling at me? I'm not even in the match." <laughs> He's and so that just got me. <laughs> so good on commentary. It is amazing. All right, yeah. next match. The one ma- the, no, a match I was really looking forward to on the show, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Loser leaves WWE. For two months. Man, this was hard hitting. I thought a very good match. Mandy Rose is getting better every time I see her in the ring. Now, I'm going <laughs> to stop. I'm actually being honest here. No, now, no, that's not what I'm laughing at. I'm, her setting up a table is not the greatest thing in the world. No, no. I felt bad. I was like, can someone help her? And this was hard hitting. It was nice and stiff. Now, I'm not going to lie here. When she hit the two V triggers, my network froze for about 30 seconds, and then I saw the pin. What happened after she hit the V triggers? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I can't recall right now. It was it was just a straight it was a straight pin. Nothing too emotional like I thought it would, considering you know they build on their friendship and everything. Yeah. Two V triggers, pin, win, and then Sonia Deville just went outside to I saw that the, part. It came back on and she was like screaming. Ah! Did you see Otis Otis come out and celebrate? I love I love Otis. He's my favorite character right now. <laughs> now I saw Otis, and my whole mindset here was Daryl. Otis is coming out in the in sometime during Strowman and Wyatt. Like I was waiting for the main during when Rain speared Wyatt like out of his boots. I was thinking, man, Otis is gonna come out here. This is going to be perfect. I thought what was gonna happen was when they went to Gorilla, that's when it was gonna happen. 
You know what I hope happens? God, I hope this happens. Now I'm going to be a dick to Reigns again. I hope Reigns wins the title. I know this cash just didn't win the title. I'm going to be that dick. I hope Otis walks out the Universal champ- the Universal Champion. I don't care who he beats. But God, I love it if he pinned Roman Reigns. <laughs> that would be great. That would be booking 101. I but Bruce Pritchard is in charge, so it probably won't happen because it would require Bruce to have a thought. <laughs> I, I, I did say that out loud, by the way. Because if you didn't know, Ed Koski's the head of creative on SmackDown. And Bruce Pritchard just oversees creative on Raw. So you leave that as is. Next match. Man, good matches continue. Seth Rollins, Dominic Mysterio. Lucha Libre early on from Dominic. Really good deep arm drags. I thought, that's a Lance Storm special. So I, you could remember when he trained with Lance Storm. So I thought that was extremely well done. I thought good selling throughout from Dominic. I thought he did really well. The thing with the hood, though. Yeah, it was kind of uh, – it was what it was. Um, it it kind of looked like it was bothering him. I'm like, why do you have it then? Like, just take it off. Yeah. Or not have it in, in the middle of the ring. I thought he was going to keep it on the entire time, which would have been cool. No, I did too. I actually thought – I really did think the same thing. And so. a very beautiful side – a side Russian leg sweep with the cane – with the kendo stick through the table. I thought that really, really good spot. We got to teach Dominic, though. He's got to work on the frog splash for a two. And then we were talking about Angie Mysterio. Storytelling 101, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. She gets to the ramp, Ray's pleading, begging with her. Don't go down. He, everything is going to be okay. Rollins sees her. He's gloating. Mysterio rolls him up for a two. Murphy. Find oh Murphy. He, Murphy kept like going like I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Hey, I'm gonna go now. Interferes, tries to put right Mysterio's eye into once into the corner corner steps. Ray attacks Murphy. Um then the Rollins and right, hold on. I lost a step here. I'm sorry. Ray attacks them. Rollins and Murphy handcuff Frey to the ropes. They go towards Angie. Dominic attacks the both of them. Gets Rollins into the ring for a 619. Tries a horrible frog splash, but Seth gets the knees up, beats on Mysterio with Ray watching. Great job here by Ray Mysterio. He's trying his hardest, Daryl, to get at Seth to help save his son. Rollins hits the curb stomp to get the win. Very good for Dominic Mysterio's first time out. I will give Dominic Mysterio a ton of credit. He sold very good. Beyond the 619 and the frog splash, everything Dominic did was really believable. And Dominic will learn from that. We've got to remember this was his first match. But I thought overall, very good match. Dominic Mysterio did a great job. This showed, and I said this at the pre-show, we're going to see how good Seth Rollins really is against an inexperienced talent. Like Adam Cole last night against Pat McAfee, Seth Rollins here showed he's really damn good because oh, yeah. he a really good match. Yeah, and it, this match, when I first started watching it, I'm like, this match just – when I finished watching it, I essentially said this match had no business being as, as good as it was. Just a very – it had me emotionally invested 
Rey Mysterio, I don't know what's with WWE and having Rey Mysterio's family involved in half of his storylines, but sure. nobody can pull it off better than him. Exactly. Nobody. Because every time he has his family involved, it's like a soap opera, and it's amazing. It's great entertainment. It gets you emotionally invested. It makes you like, hey, Ray, jump in, save your son, kick his ass. Do it. Never did it. I'm like, what? Do it. Like, it had me on the edge of my seat. And it's that's what you want. I think it's one of those things that where Ray's such a sympathetic baby face. Where I think that fans, like in, like you said, the fans get so emotionally invested because he's a sympathetic baby face. Yeah. And it works. Nobody oh. pulls it up better. The ultimate underdog. Bingo. The ultimate underdog. Angie did a great job in her role here as well. I love, like, and you, when me and you were texting throughout the show, that was the one thing you said to me was the, that brought her in was perfect. It was telling the story. It was, like he said moments ago, it was roping you in. It was getting you emotionally invested. That is all wrestling is supposed to be. Give a reason for people to watch. Yep. That's what they did here. Job well done. Seth Rollins gets a ton of credit. Dominic Mysterio, a ton of credit. He needs to get rid of that, that jacket or coat with the hood. He kept going at the hood. Wasn't a fan of that. I didn't like it at the beginning to where – Majority of the action, all the action was in the ring. It's like, come on, get out of the ring. It's supposed to be a street fight. Go do something. Where's the weapons? And my biggest criticism. Oh, Lord, I, Lord. And I said it on Twitter. Byron Saxon is god-awful. I almost muted it. Or what changed it to to the Spanish commentary. Like, I was this close. I'm like, I'm, I'm just switching it. And so the next paper, you as soon as he pisses me off, I'm doing that. I'm just switching it to Spanish. He is terrible. He's he tried. Thank God for Samoa Joe. Thank God for Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe basically bailed Saxton out of every hole he dug himself in. Well, Saxton's awful. Phillips is really no better. Tom Phillips is digressed. Samoa Joe was like the saving is the saving grace here. I don't hate Tom Phillips as much as you do. I don't mind him. Not impressed. I'm not impressed. Just Saxton. I need I need I need more Mora Ronaldo in my life. I don't need I don't need boring Michael Cole. I don't need mon I don't need monotone Tom Phillips. I don't need Byron Saxon's overbearing ass. He's terrible. He's awful. I have no reason to listen to Byron Saxton. He oversells every single thing. It takes away from the match. Let the match breathe. You don't need to oversell. Let the talent tell the damn story. I love how Joe does it. Joe is spot on. Or Saxton every time. It's like that, and it's like, and I love my children, but it's like an annoying child when a child is whining. When your child is whining, that's what Byron Saxton sounds like. He sounds like a little kid who's whining. I hate saying that because he's a grown ass man, but it's annoying. It's like that whiny child. Yeah, it's it's just like you mentioned. It takes away from the match. It's just too much. Is it just kills the match and stuff. 
something like that. Like Teddy, this match basically was entertaining regardless of commentary. Regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Samoa Joe saved a couple things, but at the same time, it's like, like and at some point Vince has to realize like enough of Saxton. Let's move on. Mauro Ronaldo, you got the best commentary. Mauro Ronaldo makes me invested in a match that I haven't even heard until it actually happens. He has that effect because he gets so emotionally invested. Whereas Saxon just wants to be loud. He's like that kid that wants to be loud just to be loud. Like he hears silence. He has to hear something. So he talks very loudly. <laughs> That's what he is. And it's just, it sucks. I feel bad for the guy, but. You feel bad for him. He's making a crack ton of money. How do you feel bad for Byron Saxon? I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was making a crack ton of money. I thought he was making minimal. Get his ass better. There, <laughs> he's not there to be good. He's there to meet a quota. I said it, plain and simple. If no one could figure that out, I don't know what to tell you, people. That's and I hate the fact that that's even the case. I would rather see Booker T. Just Booker T is actually a good commentator. Byron Saxon is awful. Give me the book. And I know I I criticized Booker earlier. But Booker is a really good analyst, I think. I don't think Booker T gets enough credit for the analyst work that he does do. Well, when you have, like, former wrestlers like that, they give you, like, an inside look. It's like, hey, I know what they're thinking. I know. And Booker T, he's been he's been in the business for, what, 30-plus years now? He knows a thing or two about it. Samoa Joe's one of the better minds of wrestling. That's why he's really good. That's what WWE needs. Get wrestling minds behind the mic. That's why Jerry Lawler is really good. That's why Bobby Heenan was the best. Guys have been in the ring. Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon. Been in the ring. You have that experience in the ring. You're going to be a great commentator. Because you know the nuances in and out of the ring. Saxon had a short stint in the ring. But he's just not. He's the exception to the rule here where he's just not that good. It's not fair that he's there. It could go to better equip people. My opinion, and I think a lot of people do agree with that as well, because I get that more often than not from fans. All right, let's get into the next match. Bailey, not Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, Asuka, Raw Women's title. Bailey came down with Banks. Should not have been taking place now. What were they thinking here? But all kidding, all joking aside, not really. Another God, these two. It's magic every time I see Binks and Asuka in the ring. This was no different. No different. I love the power bomb. That power bomb by Banks, that twisting power bomb from the apron to the to the floor. I thought she knocked her out. I honestly thought she knocked her out. My oldest goes. Daddy, that looked like it hurt. I'm like, son, it sure as heck did. I I felt it, and I was on my couch. Listen, my girlfriend who never watches wrestling, she's not a fan. She literally saw it happen. She was like, holy shit, how is she alive? You could see her head just going straight to the mat. Like you heard that splat. That's a great sell job by Asuka, a great move by Bates. I thought that move was just... That move was just great. Um, it's a pretty good spot. It's another hard-hitting match. 
I loved the D, uh, D, uh, awesome DDT. They were both on a ropes. So awesome DDT by Asuka from the top rope. Then she followed up with a missile drop kick. There was a scene. They were going back and forth a little bit. Then a nice code breaker from Binks that really came out of nowhere. Um, the one thing I liked here, and she does, this, she's been doing this more. I like how she really digs into those pinfalls. She like it's nice. It's not because a nice deep snug pinfall. You don't see enough of it out of tail. And then she's moving her feet. She's really trying to dig in her dig in her heels per se. And I just really a big fan of her doing that. Another miss frog splash. Sasha's got to work on those frog splashes too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now we get near the end here. Bailey Banks is getting frustrated. She's trying to give Bailey that pep talk. Like, come on, you're the best. You're Sasha Banks. She's already wrestled the match. She's hurt. She's tired. She's injured. Go get her. I love this sequence where every time Asuka tried to get into Asuka lock, Banks got out, including that reversal into a two into a two to a two count. Very very nice. Then that floated from the pin into the bank from when she pushed off the ropes for the two reverse right into the bank statement. Asuka got out, and then that horrible butt butt bump splash, whatever you want to call it. Bailey moved out of the way instead of taking the hit for the team. How dare Bailey? Asuka elbowed Bailey. Knocks Bailey to the outside. Bing tries for another Bing statement. Asuka reversed it into the Asuka lock. Bing's trying her hardest, and she tapped out. New Raw Women's Champion, the Japanese sensation Asuka. Announced team tried to play it off as Bailey didn't want to take a hit for the team. I, for once, can actually buy that that their rhetoric because I agree with that considering what we saw earlier. Phenomenal match, great chain wrestling, great hard hitting action. It's been a theme of the show. Great hard hard hitting action, great storytelling, great chain wrestling. These two are just amazing. I could watch these two all day, and I would not get bored and look at my phone. And it was something that you could have seen coming when they booked it. Like, it's something very predictable, but predictable is never bad when it's good. Like, if you, I, we knew coming in, Oscar's walking out with one of the belts. She lost to Bailey earlier. All right, she's taking the Raw Women's title. That's fine. But when it's, when it, it's Oscar versus Sasha Banks and they deliver a match like that, with storytelling like that, with hard-hitting action like that, predictable's fine. I don't care. As long as you make it good. And this match, like you said, was really, really good. Really entertaining. Again, it had you at all time. Okay, is this where it ends? Oh, no. What's going to happen here? Great spots. Asuka finding ways to lock in the Asuka lock at random times. Because you don't expect it. She just grabs you and puts you in the lock and boom, you're done. And that's the kind of entertainment that, you know, me as a wrestling fan, enjoy watching because it's a hard-hitting match. It kept me invested the entire time. Great storytelling from hour one to hour two when it should have been all done in 30 minutes, but whatever. We're not the ones booking the show. That is what it is. Um, that, that was the one fault. That was the one fault. An entire hour and a half of that storyline because they had an interview in between it too. You didn't need that interview to sell that. You could have just done something. That was funny. <laughs> Bailey was sweeping the broom in the ring. That was great. 
Who am I to who am I to like shaking like stupidity like that? But no, that was fun. And these two, like you know, you're spot on in your assessment here. And everything about this was good. Execution was good. These ladies are great. They're three of the best talents in the world. There's no doubt about that at all. The women's wrestling right now, to me, WWE supersedes what we're seeing from the men. Look at those three. You look at what we're seeing from. you know, I like what we're seeing from Natty Baszler. I like what we're seeing from Shayna Baszler and Raw Underground. You know, you got Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Like, I like everything we're seeing. Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot. I like what we're seeing with them. So we're seeing some good, better stuff from the women right now, to me, than we are the men. And who would have thought a year ago we, we would even say that? But that's a testament to how hard these women are working. Yeah. Especially in times like this when the roster is very thin. And you've got, you know, injuries to Charlotte, Becky's out with on maternity leave, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And it's they're making it work, which is great. Think about that. You're without your top two female stars. And the biggest star, no doubt the biggest star in the company, and Becky Lynch. And the women are killing it right now. You're women creating been, new stars, essentially. The women have been killing it for the last three years on my mind and they're only getting better which is only going to be a benefit for pro wrestling and what was at the time actually before we even get into this we get into the final two matches we had a lot of people coming in and out i think we thank you guys so much it's greatly appreciated if you're watching a facebook live even if you're watching on youtube if you you, whatever way you guys are watching go to facebook facebook.com forward slash the walkway to fight club or just go to facebook type in the walkway to fight club Give any type of reaction to the post or answer the video. Follow the page and like the page as well. We have on our YouTube channel as well because it's all also being aired on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and then like the video as well. It would be greatly appreciated. Let's get to the co-main event of the evening. We were both initially surprised when we saw Drew McIntyre would be defending the WWE title against Randy Orton. Another good one, man. God, I I knew this would be great. This was the best hype match I thought in the build the summer summer. I thought it was well done. Even though to me it peaked one week early. It it, you know, it was it still had the best build, I thought, and just hard hitting. They both bleeding. I thought that was great. Bought some more bought some realism into the match. Uh Kind of more near the end, Drew and Randy were at the top rope. Drew got caught in a trio wall. Orton started beating on him. I love McIntyre's double arm DDT. He just gets it. Boom. He doesn't pray it around like Mick Foley did. Gets him. Bam. Over. See you later. Drew went to the – for some reason, I've never seen Drew McIntyre go off the top. Went off the top rope. Missed. Hurt his knee. Orton – who has a better snap power slam than Randy? Goldust. You think so? I think so. It's Dustin Rhodes, but Dustin Rhodes. Sorry, I don't. I don't know Goldust. We're we're talking WWE. I'm talking Goldust. Back when he was in WWE. <laughs> we're sticking with one company tonight. <laughs> Orton hit the power slam for a two count. He goes for the draping DDT. Drew hit the Glasgow kiss, and then a clothesline to the outside. Got back into the ring. Orton finally he kicked Drew. Before he can get in the ring, hit the draping DDT. Orton went for the RKO. 
changes his mind and decided to try to do to Drew McIntyre to what he did. The Ric Flair went for the punk kick of doom. Drew reversed it into a beautiful powerbomb. Man, ooh. Drew went for the Claymore. He missed. Orton went for the RKO. And then Drew McIntyre showing his catch wrestling. Gets the reverses into a backslide for the one, two, three. And Drew McIntyre, in an upset to some, retains the WWE Championship. Great match. Very creative finish. If there is an MVP right now, if you had to say, Steve, who is your MVP of WWE right now in 2020? Drew McIntyre. Every time. Any segment, any match, Drew McIntyre executes it to perfection. Drew McIntyre, they made the right move here. I know there was some talk in the company of going with Orton. I know there was talk. I talked to people there. There were some people in the company pushing for Orton to get the title. But Vince loves himself from Drew McIntyre. And there was enough people to push Vince and be like, do not make this title change. Randy doesn't need it. Drew needs this title. Because you got to look at this, and I said this on the pre-show, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Usually it's the adage, the guy makes the title. In this case, I don't think so. The title makes the guy. This is brought, like it brought Batista to another level, I thought. Yeah, and that's that's... Cena was already over, and Cena was going to get there. I still wasn't sure about Big Dave. And, and the same thing with Drew here. Same thing with Punk. You could, you, and same thing with Brian Danielson. Maybe not so much Brian Danielson, but definitely CM Punk. And I think definitely here with Drew McIntyre. The title's making the guy. That put McIntyre at another level. That gave him confidence. He, he may say he had, and he told me that before WrestleMania. But you can see it now. He's on another level since he's gotten that title. He took from what was already a great year, won the title, and has really carried this company through the pandemic. Job well done. A great match by both guys. And like, you, like you've like you been saying, Daryl, leaves me wanting more. I think we see a rematch at Payback. I, I would love to see it because now it's, can Drew hit the Claymore? Can Orton hit the RKO? Now I have a – there's your hook. Job well done by both guys. And that and that's something in the match that no Claymore's an RKO. That's something that it, it, it doesn't happen anymore. Now we have matches that have five to ten finishers a match. And you have this match where we ended, obviously, the way that it did. No finishers whatsoever. It added, like, I want to see more. I want to see Drew take an RKO. I want to see Drew hit the Claymore. Let's see what happens. Ask for your your question about if the wrestler needs a title. You hit the nail right in the head with Batista. That's the main guy that came to mind as soon as you mentioned that. Batista in 05. He wasn't getting over the hump until he started chasing for the gold. Once he got it, became a superstar. Once he lost it, started trending down, started treading water. But he was still a very big guy. He was still a really big deal. I, I, disagree, I disagree with you on that latter part. You knew he was a really big deal. He was a he was a made man after that point. I disagree with you on that. But he wouldn't have been that without the title. If he never got the title, he probably would have been treading water in the middle. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, the title made him, but even when he lost the belt, he was still a big deal. Look at how big he is now. That, that part that meant the title means something because of that. Look at how big of a star he's become. He was a big deal because he was always chasing for the title. But once he started being in small rivalries, that's when he was like, all right, Dave's fighting that guy. I mean, it is what it is. Now, he had a really an underrated program, I thought, with The Undertaker leading into WrestleMania 23. And that program with Cena before he left the first time around. That that program was some money. And that involved was, the title. Exactly. And that was an absolutely, an absolutely fantastic program. Let's get to our main event. Actually, no. This is where the fun – everything's going great, guys. It's sunshine and butterflies. The rose, everything is blue. The roses are blooming. The, everything – the birds are chirping. There's nothing going wrong with this show. I'm sipping on a glass of wine. I'm, You know, I'm having a good time. It's a great show. I never drink while watching a show. I actually took – I actually had a glass of wine. I don't drink while I work. I, this- make, I make that a priority. I always has always been my rule for the last ten years. Well, you're about to say it made me want to take three shots of tequila. Oh, you're damn right it did. It made me want to go. In, this made me want to go in my liquor cabinet, and this made me want to grab my Patron. And this is the cool thing I have. I have. Let's see. Raise it up, man. What do you got? Ah, you got the Rock's tequila. You know that tweet at the Rock, drinking that tequila, Dwayne. Tweet it. We need another follow. <laughs> it's good stuff, too, by the way. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I'm trying to get Dwayne's people to – it's like I got McGregor's people to give me some free free uh, proper number 12. I need to get some free tequila from Dwayne. I got like four bottles of those. McGregor's people sent me like a six-pack. They still got freaking four bottles sitting in my cabinet. It's disgusting. But – um. So here's where the bad part comes in. They show a package. I'm thinking, okay, it's just going to be for Raw tomorrow. You're going to hype the show. First First Raw inside the Thunderdome. Inside the Thunderdome. I get it. It'd be cool. Yet, it was a package for the debut tomorrow night of Raw of Keith Lee. Not only... Oh, not only... The WWE not right to the announced team. We we got a package for a WWE shop, preceded by another package for payback next Sunday. I'm thinking they're okay. Gonna get the Michael Cole and Corey Graves to get ready for the call of the main event. They're gonna mention it. They can't royally screw this up. Lo and behold, they royally fucking screw it up. That's my one F bomb I'm using today. Because I'm very, and I, mean, I texted you right away. I was livid. I'm still livid now, and it was two hours after the fact. No more drinks. I don't want to get this banned on YouTube. No more drinks. Sorry. Drink when we're done. You can be okay. We got all, I'm say, all I'm saying. We got about another 10 minutes. You're okay. You'll all I'm saying is WWE makes you feel like we don't deserve nice things. Why could you not? <laughs> Why could you not surprise him? That would have been so much better. And no knock on Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is fantastic. I think Keith Lee can be a megastar. Yes. He, I know, you know he lost to Karrion Cross. Well, that's the reason he left. No. 
part of the reason he left because they were eventually going to bring him up to the main roster. But the second, the main reason is they're really pushing Karrion Cross to be they're a really big monstrous deal. And the way to do that is to beat someone like Keith Lee. Very disappointing. Incredible. Because that's something, that's a debut. Now that you have the Thunderdome, now that you have fans there, you were going to get a pop. That's a pop waiting to happen. As so, His entrance has that one, like, as soon as it hits, pop. It's not something you build up. It's not something you advertise. When is it WWE going to understand it? They did that when Batista came back for the Royal Rumble. They announced like two weeks before the Rumble even happened. When it should have just. Raw. They hit him on Raw. Yeah, they had him on Raw. Why do you do that? Just a pop of rating. They got over 5 million viewers for that segment. Think about Papa, Think about Papa rating. They, they care. And this is my biggest thing with WWE. They can handle long term planning. Like, let's take a hit this week. But once we hit this debut, people are going to want to watch because then. You never know what's going to happen. They went away from that. They went away from that back in, like, I think, oh, seven. When it was like, hey, you got to watch Raw because you never know what might happen. You never know who might show up. As soon as they advertised it, well, what's the point of me watching now? Because now I can just pre-record it and then watch it because I know he's going to be there. There's no point for me watch it live. I'm just going to record it, like I always do, and then watch it when I get a chance. You're not giving me a reason to watch every week to be surprised. That's my biggest thing with that. Man, you could have like, you could have done anything. You could have had him attack Drew. Had him attack Orton. Cruise, I have no interest now. Nope. I'm going to watch because it's my job. It's going to be a squash match against have, a nobody. I have no interest now in seeing Keith Lee. You t- they took you hit it. They took it away from us. Yeah. Now they're going to have him show up in a squash match against yeah. a local talent that nobody knows. And you're going to treat him just like every this guy has it. He is something special. Yeah, I'm going to hit the table because I'm pretty mad. This guy is special. Special. Not Anyone that knows anything and anything about wrestling can see Keith Lee is damn special. He checks every box in the Vincent Kennedy McMahon toolbox. And you already ruined his debut before it even happened. Let's get to the main event. Let's get back. Let's end this on a happy note. Bray Wyatt's entrances. Oh, my God. I love it. I love The Fiend's entrance. It's just ungodly. My, I had a buddy, a good friend of mine, and I want to see before we get into the match. Undertaker-esque in terms of entrance. Agree or disagree? Agree. It's kind of like a mix between Undertaker and Kane. Okay. I can go with that. No, absolutely. No, I agree. I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I, I was thinking about that when he said it to me. I was like, okay. Yeah. I had very, very, very low expectations. These guys had a banger. You want a definition of hard hitting? 
guys, oh my God. We've seen just about everything. This was the pure definition. If you're looking for a pure definition of a slugfest, this was it. I swear to God. That table spot hurt my spine. Oh. I thought my back was broken when I saw that. They got into the back. Well, Strowman first threw Wyden into the, into the screens, got him into the back, threw him into that glass. I thought that was a cool spot. Now, Wyatt threw Strowman into the screens. I take that back. And then hit the sister Abigail for a two-con. I'm like, ooh, okay. See, I thought they were going to continue beating on each other in the back, and they were never – I thought it was going to end in the back, just considering what happened on SmackDown. But that did not happen. They got back to the ring, Strowman bleeding at the top of the head from going into the glass. Why did the goozle? I call it a goozle. You call it the mandible claw. We can call it any way, which form. Um, Strowman got out of it. Strowman connects with – hits the power slam for a two-con. I'm like – Oh, boy. wonder what's going to happen here. I'm thinking at this point we're seeing retribution. Not going to lie. Dan Strowman got the box cutter. I'm like, all right, this was great. I don't know about you, but I'm a fan of the old box cutter. Open up the ring, rips up this nice big square. Wide hits a rock bottom. Sister Abigail onto the wood. One more for good measure. We have a new universal champion, two-time universal champion, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Wyatt celebrates, and then here comes the big dog. Roman Reigns comes out of nowhere, hits a spear on Wyatt, hits a spear on Strowman. Strowman rolls to the outside. He gets in Strowman's face, says he's not a monster unless he's here. Beats the living bejesus out of Strowman with a chair. Gets back in the ring. Spears Wyatt. Tells Wyatt he can't handle the job of being the champion. And holds the belt up high in the air to end the show. A better than expected main event. A finish. Now, that at first I didn't know, understand why they were going with that finish. But now I understand why. To circle back, and this is why they did it, and I, it's for once they actually follow up on the story. Wyatt had the title. Reigns got sick. They went with Goldberg. Now it kind of goes, kind of meets, goes full circle. Wyatt has the title. Reigns is going to go after Bray. Reigns is going to get his long away the title shot. I have no problem with it. I thought better than expected match. A huge, 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 huge. Huge return. You end the show with people being happy. And you put smiles on people's faces. I have no problem with it. An A-plus main event. Because the main event served a purpose. And an A-plus ending. Job well done, WWE. For once, you got something right. Job well done. You got two things out of that main event. That really suck out that I... I just want to comment. When Strowman got the box cutter... It had me wondering, I'm like, is he going to stab him? And it's just how he's going to win? Or, like, is he just shank him in the middle of the ring? <laughs> so I was I was pretty content when I saw him cutting the the ring. I was like, thank God. We're not going to have a shank in the middle of the ring. That's one. We're going to get a shank on WWE television. Thank God. Hey, you, you never know. I love the you, idea. You never know nowadays. And then... Strowman, as soon as he hit the power slam, when he was opening up 
the ring. How the fiend stood up. Strowman looked at him dead in the eye. It's like, why won't you die? And then gets hit with two sister Abigails. That little thing right there makes it more makes the fiend a more enig- like a bigger enigma than he already is. Because if this monster of a man who basically had the fiend's number in the buildup manages to look him dead in the eye and be like, why won't you stay down? Why won't you die? That adds to the character. That to me, it was like, oh, damn. Like, nobody can beat this guy. And then here comes Roman Reigns. Boom. Dead. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. Um, I like the whole thing about the shrink. That's, that could have... That could have been some fun. I didn't think he was coming in to cut the ring. I thought he was coming in to cut the mask. That's what, I, that's what I originally thought. I'm like, that's the only thing that made sense. I didn't think, I wasn't even thinking about him cutting the ring. Just really honestly thought he was going to cut the mask. Yeah. I, I, my mind went to the worst possible situation at that point. I'm like, he's going to shank him in the middle of the ring. It's over. Man, you're just thinking like, this, oh, this, is, this is this is how this is how the feed loses here. <laughs> well, that would have been a bad way to end the show. We don't need to see a shanking. Hey, guy comes in with a box cutter, desperate for a win. What is he going to do? Who knows? What do they do next here? Because this is kind of where with WWE, I don't know. I know they're going to go McIntyre and Orton for a rematch. <laughs> What do you do? Do you go rematch with Wyatt and Strowman? Or do you just in, or do you go right into Wyatt Reigns? Or do you go a three-way program at least for this next show on next Sunday and then kind of because then you don't have nothing until October. You do the if I'm WWE, I do the three-way. Just because Strowman has a, the rematch clause. He and then you want to have that one-on-one between Wyatt and Reigns, but you don't want to have it too soon. So you have the three-way. You have the Fiend winning by pinning Strowman, not Reigns, which is, has to, that's very important. And then you have it blow off in, in the Survivor Series, one-on-one, Wyatt Reigns for the Universal title. That's a good point. But I would not have that one-on-one until Survivor Series. Is there a way... Because I agree. Is there a way you can get to WrestleMania with Wyatt and Reigns? Or do you think... Is there a plausible way they can get to Mania with this? Or do you think they try to go... They go to Survivor... They'll just go to Survivor Series. They'll maybe have a rematch at the Rumble and then... There is. Um, And this is just off the top of my head. Bray Wyatt... The biggest advantage that he has is that he has the multiple characters. He has the Firefly Funhouse Wyatt, and he has the Fiend. You want to take it to WrestleMania, you have to have Firefly Funhouse Wyatt lose the title, not the Fiend. And then you carry that rivalry, like make it sound like the Fiend, the Fiend went away until further notice. Wyatt has the title, it is what it is. He wins. I wouldn't even have the fiend show up on like in the three way. I would just have Bray Wyatt win to be a fluke. Like, hey, Strowman and Reigns beat each other up. 
White comes in for the pin, steals the title, run, goes away. Cool. Keep it going until Mania. Royal Rumble, number 30, boom. The Fiend comes in, demolishes the entire field. Obviously, Reigns is the champ at this point, and then you carry that into Mania. All right, we only got one question, so we'll we'll read this from Ryan Taylor. I'm extremely nervous every day. I work retail, and I don't have to touch anybody. I'm very surprised that Roman came back. He's making a career-continuing move over a health move. Your thoughts? It's not necessarily true. Like I said, with WWE, that's been their biggest like criticism. You don't walk away from a WrestleMania match, which is our, you know, the biggest show of the year for the company, because of health concerns and come back for the second biggest main event unless something drastically changed. I have to believe that something changed to the point where he feels safe to be back at work because he still has all his kids, two new like twins that are newborn. That's still like family over money. Any day of the week. And I'm, I believe that from Roman Reigns. The biggest thing is WWE has been stricter. They've been heavily criticized from how they handled it before. They've done better. Reigns probably saw it as like, you know what? I'm ready to come back to work. You guys are taking it serious now. As long as, you know, you don't do anything stupid, I'll stay. I Not see it as, yeah, I, I just see it. I don't see it as a career over... No, you're not wrong. I, you're not wrong, but I could understand Ryan's argument, though. I yeah. think it's a valid one, just considering he's had the he's had leukemia twice. Yeah, I know it's a low lower form of it, but still a leukemia. At the end of the day, doesn't take away the fact that it is what it is. Yeah. I agree with you. Where he had it in this situation, it's more of a feel call. How do you feel? You he's still getting his upsides in the seven figures, and so it's not a it's not a financial issue. And from what I know, he's been good with his money. Yeah, I think this is more of his gut gut telling him. Okay, I see what they're doing. They're doing fine. I've talked. Obviously, I'm talking to my friends. They're saying the protocols are better, and he's going off of that gut. You know, I can't. It's a move. It's a it's a calculated risk. Don't get me wrong, because it is. But I can't begrudge a guy if he feels it in his gut that this is the right move. He, like you said, he's got kids. He's got five. He's got multiple. He's got five kids. He's he's gonna do what's best for his family. At the end of the day, he feels this is best for his family. I can't begrudge him. As a father, I can get where he's coming from. Probably getting stir crazy. As am I. And I more than get it, and I can never, ever, ever begrudge him for that. But we will end on that high note with the big dog Roman Reigns returning, spearing Braun St- multiple times Braun Strowman in the Universal Champion, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, who defeated Braun Strowman in the main event of the show. Daryl, how can the fans find your social media? Uh, so my Twitter is at the Y Eagle 21 uh, on Instagram. I am at 
the walkway to bike club, all lowercase. My personal Instagram, I've, I've only have like nine posts. My last one was from like 2014. So I don't really use, I, I don't, I rarely use it unless it's for white boy walkway to fight club business. So. All right. You, you can find me on Twitter. It's Mulehausen JR. You can find me on Instagram, which I still got to change to handle it. S Mulehausen MMA. You can find the walkway to fight club on Facebook. And if you're watching on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. Like the page, follow the page, like the video, and like the post. Watching on Instagram, not Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter, at, follow the podcast at Walkway Fight. And you can also find us, like Daryl said on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. The same thing with YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. Like, and if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe, more importantly, subscribe to the channel. And also, this will be the audio version. This will be up first thing tomorrow morning. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Download, rate, review, and please subscribe. For the man on the right, Dale Rivera, I am Stephen Mielhausen. We'll talk to you guys next time.